Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Jules Von Hepp. Hello, I'm Sarah Powell. And welcome to Wobble, a podcast about happiness and body confidence. Because we all wobble. On this episode, I am joined, it's a solo episode with makeup artist Katie Jane Hughes. Now, this is one of those episodes that really summarizes Wobble. It's a very raw interview. I urge you to listen to this interview right through to the end because there are real tips throughout, but also what amazes me is Katie is rocketed to somebody within the beauty industry who's making huge changes in how we see our faces, how we do our makeup, how we take our selfies. She is changing the way that beauty and social media is being perceived and it's just really important that you listen all the way through to the end. I think we should describe where we are. We are in a tiny little wardrobe site scenario with yes. a tan all around us. Yes. And a tanning booth with a fan in it and yes. a towel on the floor with full massive salon sized bottles of IOP and Bioderma and all the crystals that you could dream of and the best lip mask, which is Laneige and some weird stick-on shoes and a massive big brush. <laughs> Basically, Katie has come to our Isle of Paradise office in Manhattan, New York City. New and York um, City. I'm in between clients, so we have pulled big velvet curtains around <laughs> and we are sat down. If you don't know Katie, Katie is... Um, I mean, we met at Fashion Week. At an Erdem show and you were there doing tan and I was there doing nails because I used to be a manicurist many, 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 many moons ago. Um, but yeah, we met backstage and we just remember you being the chattiest, most sweetest human and cut to seven years later, some PR person somewhere in the world, I forgot who it was, somebody from Beauty Scene probably, your PR agency, was like, we want to send Jules to meet you and give you a tan. And I was like, I don't really tan. Uh, I don't, I, I can't do it. Like I'm crap. Because we didn't really know each other. I didn't know you and I didn't know that I wanted to hang out with you at that time. Mm. And then you kind of like came to my apartment. I was having a really good body week that week and I felt really good in myself. And I was like, yeah, I want to feel tan because my body looks good right now. And I've always gone through up and down sort of feeling how I feel about my body as everybody else does. And I just remember feeling good and I was like, I can be naked in front of a stranger today, sure. And then I invited my friend Laurie, who you also met and who you love, and we got tanned in my apartment. And I literally have never, ever, ever, ever felt so comfortable in the nude. You're so embracing in the way that you are with people that you're not a stranger. You're literally the, that phrase, Strangers are only friends you've not yet met. That is you. Oh, I love that you phrase. You are literally that, that phrase. Before I came into your life, <laughs> um, tell me about your journey because you and I are both Northern. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, how did you get into makeup? I got into makeup by default, kind of. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be something in the arts, which I am, evidently. Um, my mum was a singer and I just always used to watch her putting her makeup on and 
watching that from a young age really instilled that into my sort of mind and I always just thought it was a necessary thing to feel put together. My mom went from this, you know, mom of four kids in the daytime to like putting on a literally a vintage sequin sparkly jacket, pair of heels and a big pair of earrings and like a black dress underneath with her red lipstick and a black mascara and she sometimes wouldn't even wash her mascara off from the night before and keep going the next day because she didn't have any time and she still doesn't. It's hilarious. She's got no eyelashes left because of it. But um, <laughs> she but she loves a tan. My mom wears foundation that's like seven shades too dark for her skin. But I for some that. reason, it works. She is a bit darker in complexion than me, though. But um, yeah, I always just knew I wanted to be a creative. Like in high school and in primary school, I left primary school at the age of 11, right before I was 12 and you finished primary school. I left high school at 15 because I was bullied and I hated it. And I was just like, I'd come home from school every day and like kind of be miserable and cry. And I'd be like, I'm getting bullied. I don't like it. I'm getting teased. And I would get called these names because my hair was curly and I didn't know how to style it. And I was chubby and didn't know how to dress right for my body shape. And schooling was just never like a thing that I enjoyed. And I knew I wanted to be creative. So I just didn't put any. And also the teachers just didn't really, at my schools, didn't really put effort into the kids that weren't naturally gifted in academia. So therefore, it, it just felt like, you know, okay, well, you're not going to put effort into me. Yeah, which is weird because it's like, well, why wouldn't you put effort into yourself? But I also do think that there's an element of my mind. Sometimes it makes me think I'm maybe I'm dyslexic because it just always found, it always felt like a struggle. School just felt like a struggle for me the whole time. I was never good at any of it. School is that for some, for some of us. And I think the knock-on effect that school has into adolescent life is insane. Like I was really badly bullied at school. I had to move school. And I think that people don't realize that bullying embeds, I think, a lot of triggers and insecurities mm -hmm. within individuals mm -hmm. as you then move into life. Yep. I think it's amazing that you knew that you didn't want to be at school because I kept going. I kept pushing my way through and it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse for me. I wonder if it was because my sister left school early as well though or because I knew my whole family were creative that I was like, I don't even need to use math or English on a daily basis. <laughs> I knew I wanted to be a singer or an actor or a dancer or what ended up being a makeup artist. But that I think what is so funny is so many other makeup artists or hairdressers or creatives in our field mm. were pursuing a career in the media in the arts of the media like in the singing or the acting category because they really are one of this much of the same muchness you're still mm. doing this thing you're still doing the same thing you're just on a different side of the camera and what was it like growing up being a creative in that environment like did how long were you up north in the UK for I think I left my hometown when I was 22 moved to London moved in with two like dudes in Kennington in an ex-council flat and I rented a bedroom there it was 500 pounds a month for my bedroom there and I worked in a nail shop because I knew how to do nails like when I dropped out of high school primary school high school all the schools I went and got a job at a local nail shop and learned how to do nails like on people and did acrylics and manicures and was really good at it my mom was like go get your job in a nail shop learn your craft learn your trade something to fall back on because you know whatever else you want to do might not work out have something to fall back on and you know and that was what it was and it took me to the place where I am now in a way in an indirect you know everything's a stepping stone when I moved to London I worked in a nail shop that was um run by this girl who bought a chain of nail shops and then tried to rebrand into a her own and that lasted about two months and then I met Tarek my husband and when did you start doing makeup my first job in a makeup environment was an Estee Lauder counter in my hometown when I was like 18 so I knew that like nails was already something I'd picked up on I started mm. doing nails when I was 16 I was doing nails two years decided I didn't want to do nails I wanted to start figuring out makeup because I knew that that's what I wanted to do and then I was like I'm gonna go work at and work at Estee Lauder counter and I didn't really like it for the main reason that in that small town in that small minded you know thing you have to do everything by the book otherwise it's not the right way and I remember painting my eyes once with my fingertips 
chips with the products from the counter, which is gross now that I think about it because it makes me cringe when I go to Sephora. You don't know where those yeah. fingers well, you, have been. I see people in Sephora putting makeup directly on their faces from the things. I'm like, no, stop it. That's like literally the dirtiest thing. <laughs> Painted my eyes and my fingers with these eyeshadows. And I remember vividly it was purple and green and I was obsessed and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I remember telling a girl that was on the other side of the counter shopping. I was like, yeah, I just picked up this color and this color. She was like, your eyes look amazing. And she was like, I was like, yeah, she's my ring finger and I put on a bit of the green in the inside and use a bit of the purple on the outsides. And this girl, it was the store counter manager, kicked my foot from under the tape behind the counter. I was saying, no, don't say your fingers. You could be selling brushes right now. And that instantly put me off because I was like, well, no, if I can do it without my, with my fingers, then somebody else should too. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Now I never use my fingers to do eyeshadow, but it was more just the mentality of the sales environment that it was and, and like, you how can't pushy do it was. This. But that kind of environment is essential to working your way up through the industry that we're in now. Like from that job, I went to, when I moved to London, I met my husband and pretty much moved in with him within a month of knowing each other because we just fell in love and we were like these young kids. I mean, he's a few years older than me, but I was this young kid and this dashing man that was just like looking after me and I was 23 and he was 37. And um, I got a job at Space and K because I was like, I want to work in a retail environment where I can learn makeup on real people every day because I've watched a few videos of big makeup artists being like, you know, you got to learn how to do skin first everything else is secondary and I got a job at Space and K because I knew that I wanted to do makeup and fashion and I thought okay if I'm going to work anywhere where I think that the aesthetic of the consumer is the aesthetic that I want to portray in my makeup mm -hmm. where would that be and I was like it's not really Mac even though I love the Mac aesthetic it's Space and K because I wanted to do that cool high-end fashion editorial those gorgeous fashion brands with that minimal skin where you don't look like you got any makeup on so I worked at Space and K for a couple of years and started doing my thing and then started doing nails on set. Because I mean now you are working with some of the world's most famous women. I see so many times you being named as the makeup artist who's changing the way that people are doing makeup, like you're educating people on a global scale. Like your Instagram, dear listener, if you have not checked out Katie's Instagram, just pause this and have a look because you are doing something that's so different from what everybody else does and what we see everywhere else. Where was that moment where the makeup started to take off for you? Well, the nails was paying the bills while I was assisting for free, because that's what you do. You assist for free and you maybe get a job in a makeup shop where you build your kit and you learn how to do makeup on real people. Because, you know, models have amazing skin most of the time and so do celebrities and whatever. I started working for a brand um, that had makeup as well as nail stuff. And that was a really good career path for me to take because that brand was going into the same category as I was going. Mm -hmm. We both started as nails, we're both moving into makeup and it was a perfect kind of partner to it grow was just into that. Yeah. yeah. So I worked with them for a little bit and then when I left in the end because it started to become a little bit constricting as far as what I could and couldn't say to the media and what I could and couldn't say on my social media channels because when you work for a brand, you work for a brand and you only spoke about that brand. Now it's very much more a transparent, very, very organic thing when anybody works with a brand. It's like, it's okay to talk about competitive products now because it's realistic people are being that's the beauty of Instagram Instagram has turned us all into these it's just made people realize that brand founders or founders of all these brands that we look at and we follow they're using competitive products on their face yeah. every day and there's no shame in that it's only normal you know no not one brand makes everything perfect no so I left the brand and started doing stuff on my Instagram and you know I was going from posting a lot of nail stuff and then started posting like a couple eye close-ups of my eye makeup and then I'd post a full face shot and then I just noticed that my Instagram numbers would 
would jump and like I'd get like a lot of likes on one photo and then I'd get a bunch of followers and then um, maybe a makeup brand would regram it and then I'd get a jump of followers from that and I started to see the, this knock on effect. You see my Instagram, you'll see that it's glossy skin first. You will see creative and quirky placement of colors um, and fun color combinations, often with a bit of a 90s supermodel kind of vibe, but in today's, with today's energy. Mm. And the reason why I started doing it heavy like I do, heavy as far as like the amount that I do, because I post every single day, I do a live every day or a stories every day, unless I just need a day off. And I don't think of Instagram as work even in the slightest, even if I'm doing something that's branded, it's not work for me, it's fun, even if it's branded, because I don't work with brands that I don't really value. Yeah. Well, what I was craving on Instagram, and this is what took me down this path of fresh glossy skin and with these creative color placements and all this stuff, was that everything on Instagram at the time was so heavy and so baked and so contoured and so overdone and the eyebrows were completely dense and opaque with no texture in them. And I was like, this is not what I got trained to do. I can't do this kind of makeup. I physically can't do this kind of makeup. Like I tried, it's very, very hard for me because it's like, it takes a lot of work to build that amount of product and not make it look cakey. And it, it's also just not my style or it's, no. you know. So I just started to do this stuff and then a lot of people will be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, this is the makeup I've been like wanting to do. And I'm really like glad I found you because I don't want to do this full heavy co coverage. And I kind of was like angry about it for a little minute about like why this heavy, crazy, intense, contrasty, clickbait kind of makeup was doing well on Instagram. And I know now why, and it's because of the insane before and after. And it's like that amazing transformative effect, which I can never be mad at that because that's the beauty of makeup. It's just that we all go through different stages in our life, what kind of makeup we, we identify mm. with. My sister's wedding, when I was nine, when I was 16, I wore black lip liner and nude lipstick. And she said, Same. if you wear, <laughs> <laughs> she said, if you wear them lip witch lips down my down the aisle, I'm never gonna speak to you again. And I was like, no, I look amazing. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You have such an amazing opinion on makeup and I've read in your comments before, um, which I just find so inspiring that in a picture, skin should look like skin and you should have texture, it shouldn't be smoothed. And I think what's interesting now, I, I don't know about if you're listening to this, what your, you know, everybody's feed is different, but my right. feed, especially in beauty, is a lot of faces with a lot of product on. And now I really look at people and how much 
uh, the smoothing effect is happening, whether it's through Facetune or whether it's through no product. Right. Um, and I love the fact that you embrace people's skin for the individuality that they are. Because a lot of, I know a lot of people struggle with their skin and accepting right. Right. the skin that they have. Right. What would you say is a really good way of getting yourself to that point where you don't maybe have to smooth everything? Here's the thing. If I filter my face a little bit more on a Monday, I'm going to need to filter it a little bit more on a Tuesday. Then I'm going to need to filter it a little bit more on a Wednesday because you get immune to it. You get immune to how that looks. You get overly comfortable with looking like that in a photograph and therefore when you don't look super smooth in a photograph, it's like weird to you. It's almost like quitting something that's addictive because it is. It's like if somebody was to quit smoking, like try and quit cold turkey and see, what, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like a, I edit my photos, of course, like everybody does. You don't not usually. Even if you edit within the Instagram app, you're still technically editing it yeah. because you're changing light and you're changing yeah. all of that. I edit in an app called Snapseed and only if my texture looks dry or crepey in a photograph if it doesn't in real life is where I would take structure down by like 5% and it literally just knocks the edge off but it does not dissolve my pores. I would never ever dissolve my pores because pores are human. They're a human privilege. If we didn't have pores, we wouldn't sweat. Therefore, we wouldn't like... Your skin wouldn't be able to breathe. Skin, right. They're, they're a very, very, very important part of our anatomy and they're beautiful. Like, and I know that's a weird thing to say out loud because it's like some people are just like, oh my God, my pores look like saucepans and or whatever. But I think if your pores are visible, it means your skin is probably going to age less than the next person. So like be happy about that. I really think it all boils down to getting your skincare right, figuring out what your um, cleansing routine is going to be for you. Because I find that once your cleansing routine is right, everything else kind of falls into place. Let's talk about pores and let's talk about people's imperfections. Because as somebody who does makeup, um, you, I would imagine, are addressed with people's insecurities and what they want to hide and mm -hmm. what they want to embellish more. Mm -hmm. For example, when I'm doing tans, I there are certain people that will ask me to shape abs, to shape abs, <laughs> if the tan is going to make them look thinner, all this, and I then go into a mode of no, you don't need this to do this. Like Good. this, this yeah. isn't about this. Right. What are the most common things that people say to you about their face that is insecurities? It really depends on the person. I think brows tend to be a particular place that people get a bit precious because mm. people are into brows these days. They always have been, but I feel like brows right now are a place where people want their brows to be done a specific way. Um, and I often find that when I do somebody's makeup, I probably don't do the coverage that they would like in the sense that I don't see the imperfections on somebody else as they would themselves. So therefore, I always find that a couple of clients will be like, oh, can I just have a bit more coverage on that pimple there? And I'm like, I didn't even see that pimple. I didn't even see what you were talking about because I just don't see it. I see their eyes. I see their lips. I see the contours of their face and I see breakouts and I see texture, but I can try and get rid of texture with maybe like a glycolic pad kind of like the Elemis um, mm. peel pads, which I love. Mm. And um, I hydrate their skin in the zones where I want the shine to be the most prominent. And then I, I only put moisturizers on the T-zone with only what's left on my fingertips. Because somebody will ask me, oh, how do I make my makeup last longer? And I don't say primers. I say, look at your skin throughout the day, see where it's getting oily throughout the day, and do not hydrate those areas first the very next day. The next day, hydrate all of the other areas that don't get shiny throughout the day first, and only what's left on your fingers, put in those shiny zones. Also, I'm not an esthetician, so this is just what works for me and what works for my subjects when I'm working on them on set. But even sometimes, like, if I'm using, like, a concealer, like stretch concealer, I just might not put moisturizer on somebody because it might not need it because it's a shiny concealer. And that's the thing is everybody's skin is different. Everybody's skin does different things and everybody is using a different array of products. And I think it's a case of that cocktailing products for the places on your face where you need them most is important and being selective with your coverage. Not selective with the intensity of the coverage, but selective of where you put the product. One product doesn't have to go over the whole face. No. Like, you might just need moisturizer in the T-zone. You might just need moisturizer on the high points. You might only need concealer around your nose and your eyes. You might only need concealer around your chin. You can spot 
conceal, but blend it out into a larger area so that it doesn't look like, you know what I'm saying? We have had quite a few DMs on Wobble about, because um, Sarah and I both talk about how we love the playfulness of beauty and of fashion. That for us is really, we get to play with the best bits that we like about ourselves. Like I love my eyes, so I'm really all about highlight and drawing attention to my eyes. You have beautiful eyes. Thank you very much. I love a glossy lid. I love a glossy lid. Um, <laughs> but I work in beauty. I know what I'm doing. But if somebody is listening to this and they aren't a beauty person, like we had one DM once that um, really stood out and this girl said, I feel really comfortable at home and I'm, when I'm naked. And that's when I'm my most confident. Wow. But getting dressed and putting makeup on makes my insecurities come. People can be quite afraid of beauty. What would be the areas that you would start that instantly has tiny little tips that have huge knock-on effects? That's a hard question only because everybody's is different. Yeah. The, the tip I would say the most that I think is the most important is that I honestly could put on a full face of makeup and feel incredible, but then I can take it off that night and feel just as incredible because my skin's clean and gleaming. I think that there's two extremes, right? But I would say that at the end of the day, makeup washes off. Try it, take some selfies. Like I believe in the power of a good selfie. I really do. I have this project that I work on when I have the time called Selfie Sessions where I invite somebody to my apartment who's a friend or a model that I've worked with that I get along with um, and sometimes a follower or two that I'm close with that I interact with a lot on social media and, and that I would welcome into my home. Yeah. I just pick a product based on what they've gone on. If they've got light eyes, I'll probably go for like a warm toned eyeshadow palette. If they've got beautiful lips, I might go for a red lip or whatever. I mean, everybody's got beautiful lips. It's a case of whether I feel like their face would do justice in a red lip and if it would be like a moment. And then I pick that product and then I start building the look with that one product with no other product in my head because that's the thing that stumps me is the creative. I don't want any preconceived idea of what I'm going to do because that is the best way to get the creativity out of me is just to let it happen naturally. Mm. And that is something that I urge people to do as like a meditative little session with yourself is pick a product, play with it in any way that you feel like you should. Put it on your lips, put it on your cheeks. If it's an eyeshadow and it happens to be a pinky kind of rouge, put it on your cheeks as well. Or if it's a lipstick that is not mentally or that you've, you know, put a tiny bit on a brush and sweep it over your lid for like a cool textured sheen. Follow the accounts where you're like, I want to wear makeup like that and ask them questions. DM these people and watch their content and just follow along. It, it washes off. And again, back to the selfie thing, I do believe in the power of a good selfie because not only is it really fun to look at yourself in this transformative element like makeup and either look at that as time goes by or even just look at it that one day and post it on Instagram and see what kind of feedback you get. That I think helps my confidence. When mm. I am having a low confident day, I might throw on a cool big liner, bit of shadow, pretty lip, glossy skin. I put it on Instagram and it definitely boosts my confidence when I know that people appreciate that because hard work goes into it people are like oh my god this is really cool and it makes me feel good because it makes me feel good for two reasons it makes me feel good because people think I look nice in it and that's also a confidence it's never a bad thing mm -hmm. you told you look good and then it makes me feel good because people are like oh my god I'm going to try this tomorrow and then they DM me pictures of their success well also your face is your it's this amazing canvas that you can have so much fun with whether you're a guy whether you're a girl what, whatever gender right. you identify with the face I love the fact that you've said it all washes off right. like just have a play yeah. the best thing about about being human is the fact that we're all unique right. and all of our genetic structure is different right. so everybody's face is different right. so you can play in so many different ways right. and it's a really interesting thing that you said that I like a glossy lid because there is sometimes days where I stay home I don't leave the house and I wear I'll really play with makeup yeah. I wouldn't necessarily leave the door but I will and I will take selfies and I will look at myself I feel like it's a sense of achievement mm -hmm. and accomplishment that yep. yeah I created that that's yep. great 
Yeah. And and I'm honestly saying this to you, dear listener, that you don't have to be a pro to do this. No. You can play yeah. with anything and just have fun with yep. what you've got in yep. your kit. Yep. Also, I think swapping products with friends, like right. asking around like right. pigments, right. textures. Right. 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 Like honestly, when Katie and I are together, I'm in Katie's kit like no <laughs> tomorrow. Although I haven't There's made a kit it. of mine at your house. I, but I haven't gone in. You Out should. of dignity, I've never gone oh God, into your kit. Do. Let's talk about you and your clients. So um, whether they're high profile or not, if somebody sits in the chair and they're feeling insecure and they're feeling down, as a makeup artist, how do you calm somebody down? How do you keep them on the straight and narrow? Um, it depends on the mood that they're in and if it's like a stressful mood because there's so much going on in their life, the best thing to do is just to be quiet and observe their po- and not be too erratic around them. It's it, There's definitely a like a non-qualification that goes with what we do and we have to mirror somebody's energy very mm. fast. Mm-hmm. If you don't, Agreed. you know, like I got into a car with a celebrity client of mine a couple of months back and I it was like five o'clock in the morning and I'm a morning person and I was like, good morning, everybody. She was like, not today. You know, some people are morning people, some people aren't. Yeah. And but it, that I think is relatable into whatever industry you're working in. It's just that we have to do it so much. Right, right. But whether you're getting in the car with your boss, right, right. with a family right, member, right, right. mirroring somebody's energy yeah, is a really good way yeah, of just right. masking a situation. Right. And it's not a case of not being yourself. It's a case of just respecting the energy around you and being like, you know, okay, this person might not want energy, just like you might not want energy, that kind of energy around you on any given day. Um, I would give them a good face massage. I'd stand behind them and like put their head just on the top of my chest and try and get them to like put their phone away for a second and just like, I kind of just say close your eyes for a second and I'll do like a face massage and I'll do it from the forehead all the way down to the cheeks, then all the way down to the chin and then all the way back up again. And normally when you come back around to the front of the face, you can see they look a bit, a bit more rested and nobody dislikes a face massage unless people just don't like to be touched, mm. in which case you kind of, you know, people don't like their hands on your face. How do you de-stress yourself? If you've been around somebody who has really bad negative energy yeah. and if say, I'm really lucky in my job because if somebody has bad energy, I'm genuinely usually with them for an hour and I'm out. Right. For you, if you're on a set and this applies, you know, there will yeah. be people listening who will be with somebody all day in, day out, on mm-hmm. a job or in an office, and there's someone that they're working with and their energy is hardcore. When you get home, how do you decompress? I decompress by putting Netflix on, and I have this hot cherry stone pillow. Normally when I'm stressed, I hold my stress in my stomach. Um, but I have this really amazing hot cherry stone pillow. I throw it in the microwave for three minutes. I put it on my stomach. It like relieves all this tension. I like, Tarek's so sweet. He like gives me a foot rub and stuff. Like I just do that. I just zone out. I just I just like get on the couch under a quilt with my phone and put Netflix on and have a bottle of water. Or if I'm stressed at home, my favorite way to wind down honestly is to create and paint my face without any preconceived idea of what I'm gonna do. And just like sit there in front of my mirror and paint and play and let develop what wants to develop with no idea in mind. You mentioned before about that I want to just touch back on about where you are now and working on sets and jobs and creating texture and having this amazing Instagram profile. When you look back at the girl who was bullied at school and you look at the picture of you in the lips at your sister's wedding and the fact that you left that world, what advice would you give to anybody who is potentially feeling like they're in the world and they want to be where you are? You know, I think obviously everybody's situation is different. 
and I, uh, this might be a controversial thing to say, but I'm really, we, I was never bullied in a physical way, more of a verbal way, but I think that can be just as bad sometimes. I'm weirdly glad that I was bullied because it made me who I am. It made me like, I'm very compassionate toward people. I'm like stronger because of it. It like thickened my skin. And you know, my mom definitely cod- molly coddled us even though we were bullied. She like was the lioness. She would try to go to the school and yell at the teachers for letting it happen. And you know, it was always the worst thing you could do as a parent because like you kids then just look weaker in a weird kind of way, but you can't help that being a mom. But I just say embrace it all. Even though it might not feel good right now, there's a reason maybe why it's happening. It's there to try and strengthen you and it's there to, you know, my mom was just to say everything is sent to try us. Mm-hmm. Like take every single experience and try and see the good in every experience and try and just bring a positive from everything, even if it's bad. That's exactly how I believe. There's a positive in every negative. Right. Uh, we always finish wobble by asking each guest because we all wobble what makes you <laughs> wobble i'm an anxious person just by nature i always have been i think based on my upbringing just the way it is my mom was anxious and always worried and i think that definitely passed on to me my wobble is just my nerves and like always just having something to be nervous about which I am so grateful for, but I'm also, it's like my- Why are you grateful for it? I'm grateful for it because it makes me feel like I feel, you know? Like, I, I don't know, like whenever I talk about my anxiety, I don't feel sorry for myself, I feel proud that like, I don't always let my anxiety get get better of me, but sometimes I do and it's it's struggle. It, that's, that's my wobble. Dealing with anxiety. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it's something that Sarah is really open about on the podcast as well. I wish, I really wish that she could be here now. And I am too. Now. Like you have to be. Like the amount of people that like last year, last year I got off a plane because of anxiety, and I was like on a plane. I was about to go to Texas for a job. American Airlines terminal is so claustrophobic and it's so tight and like squashed and horrible and dark and whatever. And we were delayed already three hours and I was sitting next to these people and I got on the plane and I was in the seats that I wanted to be in and all of that. Like I'm very, I have this whole method when I fly, like I like to be in the bulkhead of a window seat and try to be as close to the front of the plane as possible and fly as early in the day because I've read that the turbulence is less in the day. I'm a nervous traveler. Anyway, um, I got on the plane and the weather was amazing. Like literally the weather in the sky was clear. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. I got in my seat and I like, I looked up at the sky and I was like, we're going to be up there in a minute. I like thought, okay, just take a breath for a second. You'll be fine. I opened my seltzer, which I never even drink. I don't even know why I had a seltzer with me. I opened my seltzer, the bottle, and it like literally went all over me. And there was nobody next to me, but there was a guy in the aisle seat. And he looked at me and he goes, you got to clean that up. And I go, ah, I know. And I hadn't checked a bag. I just had a tote bag. I literally got my tote bag from the overhead bin and I got off the plane and I ran off. And the woman was like, hey, the woman at the desk where you give your passport, whatever. She was like, wait, where were you going? I was like, I don't want to fly. She's like, why not? I was like, I'm having anxiety. And I got in the car and went home. The anxiety that I suffered for getting off the plane was way worse than the anxiety for not get, for not doing it. Like but it I all came suffered, good in the end. It did, but I suffered more anxiety for letting, letting it get the better of me. Flying is a, is a struggle for me because I live so far from home. And um, yeah, travel is tricky. But yeah, my wobble is definitely anxiety. I have anxiety every single day without without fail. But it just always is different. And sometimes it manifests and sometimes it doesn't. But often it manifests in like bubble guts and I'll like have a funny tummy. And like I was nervous before coming into this building because the elevator. Because I got stuck in an elevator a year ago. I was like, if I'm going to be stuck in an elevator with anybody, it would have to be Jules. But you conquer your anxiety every day. That's the thing. And that's why, you, that's why I'm grateful for it. Because it's like it makes me push myself and I know that I'm going to do amazing things and I already am doing amazing things and I'm just so grateful for the person that I've become because of all of the things that have already happened and for, because of the great wonderful people in my life. You've been amazing. Thank Good. you so much for coming on Wobble. We've loved it. It was so fun. 
There's so much in this interview that I want to pull out and take away. I think really the whole reason that Sarah and I started Wobble is because we wanted to show you that we all wobble and you may follow somebody like Katie and see her from the outside as somebody who works with really high profile celebrities, as somebody that creates amazing makeup and she has this huge Instagram following and you think, oh, she's got it all. But actually what I love about this interview and I love about how open Katie has been is that she suffers and she says she suffers on a daily basis with her anxiety and you can hear within the interview that it is still triggering for her. I think it's really brave that she's come on this podcast and has been so open with us and shown us that we all wobble. So whatever we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, it's important to just check in with yourselves and go, you know what, I am only human. I'm not a superhuman. Just because of what someone's job title is or what somebody's doing, we all have emotions and Superman doesn't exist. I don't think he does. If he does, I want his costume. There's also really lovely tips about how things got started and how she takes it back to what her core beliefs are. In her world, everybody is smoothing their skin and creating this certain type of makeup. She doesn't believe in that so she's not doing it on a day-to-day -day basis which is giving her job satisfaction and that's something that I think is a really takeaway thing as well. Do something that you believe in and do something that is linked to your core passions. This is an episode that I will definitely listen back to again and again because I think there's different things through it. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please reach out to Sarah and I on Instagram. Please don't forget to give us a rating on Wobble. If you are a newbie to Wobble, there are plenty of episodes for you to really get your teeth into. And we'll see you next time for another brilliant guest on Wobble. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.